0: Welcome back to the castle of Gretchen Hexenkopf. Episode 31 Nutcracking Gargoyles. Not but moments after Hazel orients Oz. They find themselves standing just a few paces shy of the staircase that leads up to the dungeon. It's up these steps. Up? Up! I got it right, right? I didn't say left or wrong. I meant right, and I said right. That's wonderful, Oz. The no longer wayward wayfarer beams and continues to navigate. Like I said, Right up these steps. When we feel the vertigo, we'll be getting... Oz realizes that Hazel isn't listening. Her attention's been drawn to a hutch that stands along the wall of the corridor. It doesn't seem to have any business being there, and she walks right to it, beguiled by its presence. It tugs not only at her curiosity, but at her gut and her heart, too. Hazel? Shh. Nutcrackers line the shelves of the hutch, several dozen at least each one carved to resemble a gargoyle. One of them, just left of center, on the center shelf, gazes with one eye. Its other eye is shut, like it's winking. Hazel holds the mouse, or, you know, rather, the key to the dungeon in one hand, and with her free hand, she activates the nutcracking lever on this winking gargoyle. The jaws of the gargoyle close, exactly like you'd expect from a gargoyle-shaped nutcracker. Hazel curls one side of her lip, disappointed by the complete lack of anything happening. She releases the lever, and the gargoyle's nut-cracking jaws fall open. (sighs) All right, let's. A cacophonous noise resounds from the hutch. Something metal withdrawing quickly, like a deadbolt. Hazel and Oz flinch, and then freeze when the hutch recedes into the wall, swinging on a hinge and opening up to reveal the opal room. And again, Hazel feels that tug of her curiosity, of her gut, of her heart. Hazel? Shh. But what about the dungeon? I... I... I just... I just need... The curious force pulling her into the room forces her thoughts to trail off. Everything that concerned her just moments ago. Her orphan brothers, the dungeon, the witch. All of that fades away. The only important thing to Hazel in this moment is entering the opal room. The fairy. Do you see it? No. I feel it. And she does. It's the same twinge of longing she feels in the now empty field of little blossoms. The sweet pain of memories that fade all too quickly. Are you sure? She doesn't answer. She is sure. Just as sure she is when she looks into a mirror and knows that she is indeed the person looking back at her own self. She takes a step into the room. Hazel, there's no time. She silences Oz with a look, the kind of look a feral animal might display just before the snarl or the roar. It's the look before the look, just one look removed from madness. And Oz thinks it best to let her have a moment. She takes another step into the opal room, and this is when she hears something other than Oz's pleas. She hears the cackling of the fool, (laughs) the bleeding of goats, the croaking of tuxedo wearing bat toads, the argle bargle of goblins, <laughs> and the horrible scolding voice of Gretchen Hexenkopf. Each distinct sound contributing to a wicked rumpus that echoes off the walls of the corridor. And it's at this point that Hazel has to make a choice. She can rifle through the opal room to find the fairy and risk the lives of her orphan brothers. Or she can save them, and risk never rescuing the fairy. The choice incapacitates her, and she remains statue still. Ultimately, Oz, now thinking clearly, now centered and oriented, makes the decision for her. He gently takes her hand, and escorts her back into the corridor, away from the hutch. He begins talking, but she doesn't begin to hear him until they reach the stairs, until the pang of curiosity starts to wane. What good will a fairy be to you without your tongue or toes or your head? Hazel stops, draws Oz's eye contact. You see there, Oz? You know the way. For me, for you, for all of us. It's an apology and a thank you, all wrapped up in one. Oz nods. And hand in hand, they hurry up the stairs, the echoes of witches and goblins and other horrible things looming. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch... The Squeaky Key. In the meantime... You should probably plan for those moments when you're overcome by the tension between what you want and what you need. Your plan should involve a friend who can gently guide you back to stillness, that place where sights are crisp, sounds are clear, and feelings aren't muddled by what's quick or what's easy.